Well, good morning, y'all. Great to see you here this morning. It's time for the extroverts to sit down. <laughs> Introverts have been sitting down for the last 10 minutes already, thinking about this thing going to be over. Hey, how's it going? We're continue, continuing today with what we've been talking about. What have we been talking about for the last few weeks? Right, this whole idea that we've been calling naturally supernatural, as in what would it be like if God wanted to act in our lives in a supernatural way, just in, in the outflow of our natural lives. Because uh, Rana Bonke said, a German evangelist said, if Christianity isn't supernatural, then it's nothing at all. And so uh, I hope you've come here today uh, ready for something that I think if it bleeds through our, or what's the word? Is that the right word? Bleeds through, you know, like weaves its way through, no, weaves, that's good. Weaves its way through our church, that it could significantly impact the, the naturally supernatural way our church impacts the community that God has put us in. And so I'm excited about today and uh, so just about bringing these um, uh, some verses that I think are significant as we talk about uh, these kind of things. So can we pray and just ask God to be with us this morning over this next uh, few minutes as we open up his word. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we don't want to live just normal lives on this earth when we know that our, the, the thing that defines us is the supernatural act of, of you raising Jesus Christ from the dead and making a way for us to not be dead but be alive. And so today I pray that we will lean into what I believe you have for us, that uh, we'll listen to your word, that we'll take it in, Lord, we'll receive it, and when uh, scripture is read, Lord, that we'll be ready to take that uh, into our heart and say, Lord, what is it about this that you want me to learn? What are you speaking this morning that is for my heart that I should receive? And, I pray that that would be the, the case for all of us, for myself, to the, perhaps the person that's uh, walked in here for the first time today and isn't even sure about Anthem or anything. But Lord, I pray that you'll do that in all of our lives today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's have some amens. Come on. All right. Good, good. Uh, so I want to ask you this morning, like, have you ever, have you ever had a moment where, where you've shared some sort of encouragement, maybe a spiritual encouragement, or you you brought a scripture to somebody else, or maybe a song, um, and and the response has been, that is exactly what I needed to hear today. You know, I've seen some some heads nodding. Or maybe maybe you've had that experience coming in your direction uh, instead, or as well, where somebody's shared something. Maybe they've texted something with you, to you. Maybe they've um, sent a scripture to you, or maybe they've sent an encouraging word or set phrases to you that they think, well, this might be from God, so, so listen to this. And, and you, you, your response has been, that is exactly what I needed to hear today, you know? And I think God wants us to experience that more and more. In fact, I think that's what I think is a supernatural impartation of the Holy Spirit from someone to someone else. I think that should be natural. That should be normal in the lives of followers of Jesus. And so here's what I kind of want to wrestle with a little bit today. What if, what if we could experience moments like that frequently, regularly, that we have that experience of being encouraged and strengthened and supported um, by the words and by the encouragements of those around us who knew us, who could have only got those things from God and could only receive that from the Lord, and that we could be the kind of people that are bold enough to bring strength to one another prophetically in ways that, that perhaps would be a little bit out of our comfort zone, but it's going to strengthen the whole church. I'm going to kind of unpack what that 
means a lot. So we're in week five of this series that we call Naturally Supernatural. And, and when, when we talk about the supernatural, we're not talking about something that's just to make us go, ooh, ah, like it's not fireworks that, that we're looking for God to do to show off or something. I mean, I could, I could trick you into believing that something's, something spiritual or spooky is happening here. I mean, just, just if I do this, I make my music stand wobble. And uh, all of a sudden, you're like, man, is he, is he full of the Holy Spirit today or what, you know? And uh, it's just annoying, and I thought I got to draw attention to it so that it doesn't annoy us all for the whole day, but it's like right where this should be happening. Um, but it's some of my thoughts today are from Pastor Tammy Melkian from Community Christian Church, like really helped me um, to put some of this today into, into a kind of a 30-minute talk. Um, but the, the point of a naturally supernatural life is that we might experience uh, an element or a dimension of the Christian life that we may be missing, that we may be kind of going through our Christian life and not experiencing because we maybe get stuck in human logic, uh, we just get stuck in the day-to-day of the way that we think God works and it's perhaps within a certain box. Remember that over these last few weeks we've talked about that idea of like what what is what is it we do we tend to do to God? We tend to box him into this kind of plausibility structure where I think it's plausible that God hears my prayers, gets me to heaven when I die, forgives my sins, but that's pretty much it. And our, our box that we put God in is pretty small. When I think God wants to like blow the walls off that, that box that we put him in and remind us that he, he wants to do so much more than we can ever ask or think. Right? He's got more for us to experience at all times. And I think one of the ways that I want to, um, to challenge and encourage us as a church is that we allow God to stretch our plausibility box in the area of prophetic words and bringing prophetic strength and encouragement to one another. And this, you know, this may have triggered something in your in your mind, even as I said that. It may have made you think, think back to a, a bad experience or um, a specific situation that might have been handled in a in a less than great way, might have been misguided or harmful, but the, uh, the, uh, I think a better description, a, a good description of prophecy is uh, something that uh, Alex, Bible teachers Alex and Hannah Absalom uh, used, and it says this. See? Okay, let's go to that next slide there, John. Oh, uh, uh, no, no, sorry, I think I mixed these two up. So yeah, go to the one after that. So that's my bad. Uh, no, and the one, uh, maybe I didn't put it on there, but it's a quote from a couple... Uh, called uh, Alex and Hannah Absalom, and it says this, it says, Prophecy is the loving supernatural ability to know and appropriately speak the mind of God on a specific subject at a specific time by the prompting and information of the Holy Spirit. Now let me just read that one more time. Prophecy is the loving, emphasis on loving, is the loving supernatural ability to know and then appropriately speak the mind of God on a specific subject and at a specific time by the prompting and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And what would it be like if we all had experiences where we live like that? And so that the heart of prophecy is always that this is a loving supernatural activity. That, that, that God is always bringing his spiritual activity in our lives in a loving way, not, not that for the person bringing something that is it's getting some, some bad stuff, stuff off our chest 
or using this kind of like God told me language for you, you know, because we, we hear that from time to time and maybe often associated with, with, you know, people in the Christian world, but you're like, oh, I'm going to kind of keep a step away from that because the, the God told me language for you could often be a little manipulated, manipulated. I've heard of many a 20-year-old that's mistakenly said, God told me that you're the person that should marry me. And when you're not even dating that person, big no-no, okay? Don't go there. It doesn't usually result in a marriage, okay? Usually results in that person like running the other direction. But the truth is that God has always, always spoken to his people, always spoken to us through prophecy. All right, we'll go to that. First slide I got there, John. Hebrews 1, verse 1, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many, uh, in many and various ways. And so, uh, uh, yeah, God, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. And, and the writer here in Hebrews is referring back to the Old Testament. But the, uh, the, the, the prophecy that you read about in the Old Testament, that's not the only place that we we should see prophecy taking place. In fact, I want to kind of make the case today that I think this should be part of our regular Christian experience. Not just an Old Testament activity, but I think the prophetic speech should be widespread in God's church. Okay, this is is like out of the box for some of us, and so today this could be a a few moments of God kind of expanding your plausibility structure. Now, we're going to look at what happened on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was like, the, was like the, the launch day of the church. It was the beginning of the church of Jesus Christ. And it was the time after which the disciples, the, uh, the, the remaining 11 apostles, had spent um, a, a prolonged period of time, day in, day out, praying, waiting for God to move. I think there's an area of, of being of waiting in God's presence that that in my hurried life, I don't want to experience. And I, I kept, keep need to be reminded, wait, wait, be ready to wait in God's presence. But the disciples have been waiting for days in God's presence. And then on the day of Pentecost, this Jewish uh, Pentecost festival, something took place, something miraculous took place. The Holy Spirit fell on the church for the first time. All the disciples are, are, are lit up with tongues of fire. and They start speaking in tongues, speaking in languages that they could never have learned themselves. And, and you see on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people coming to Christ. And a mega church is born instantly. And they were baptized right there and then. And, uh, and, and you read when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, you read him like leaning in to what's taking place. And drawing from a prophecy from hundreds of years ago and saying, hey, this is what, like what you see today, this is a fulfillment of that prophecy that we heard about hundreds of years ago. And he, he, he re, uh, repeats the prophecy from the book of Joel. It says this in Acts 2. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Everybody say all people. Oh. All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, uh, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days, and they will prophesy. God says that there's a gift for men and women, for, for, for my sons and for my servants. For every, it seems to break this up so that everybody's included, and they will prophesy. He's quoting the, the prophet Joel 
uh, describing what would happen when the Messiah has completed his work. That, uh, those verses that were spoken hundreds of years before. And, and Peter starts out by saying, hey, in the last days, this is going to happen. And when Peter says the last days, you know, we often think the last days is something that like, we're in right now. But it's just like started a few years ago when things started to get crazy in the world. But Peter describes the last days as starting right there and then on the day of Pentecost. In fact, biblically, that's what the Bible calls the last days, is the time starting from the day of Pentecost until Jesus returns. So yes, we're in the last days. But when we read in Scripture about the last days, we can, we can kind of take that 30,000 foot view and say, yes, we've been in what the Bible calls the last days for quite some time now. And Peter says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters. Even on my servants, they will prophesy and speak the word of the Lord. So, you, you know, you might realize that you, the more we talk about this, you might realize, well, I, yeah, I've had this experience. Or I've, I've shared something that has been that experience, uh, even more than you did when I started out today. But according to Peter, prophecy should be one of the things that defines who the people of God are, who we are as followers of Jesus. And it, it might still not seem plausible, but I want to challenge that thinking today that it's not just plausible, but it's actually very, very possible. And God allows it, God invites that for, for, to be something that's normal in our lives. And so, so because it's new for many people, today I want to sort of like dip our toe into the water of this thought. You know, we're not going to um, do an get an exhaustive description of what it is before, but just could God be asking me in my relationship with Jesus just to dip my toe into the water on the area of this spiritual gift and uh, see what God might be wanting to say to me? So let's go on a bit of a, a scripture journey here for a little while. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 5. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And he's talking to them about this particular spiritual gift of prophecy. So this, follow the way of love. Everyone say love. 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 Like love is always right in the middle of anything, any discussion to talk about spiritual gifts. In fact, right here in this whole passage here, Paul starts out in, in 1 Corinthians 12, talking about listing off spiritual gifts and how they should operate. And then there's a whole chapter described, like called the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, where, where Paul says, like, it doesn't matter if you speak with the tongues of men or angels, you can fathom all mysteries. If you don't have love, it's nothing. So I'm like, put, put that in your pocket for a minute. We'll come back to that in a minute. And then chapter 14 starts by saying, follow the way of love and eagerly desire uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies, watch this, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like all every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. So Paul's like speaking about these two valid and important spiritual gifts in the church, speaking in tongues and prophecy. But it seems like somewhere along the way, those who, who are speaking in tongues might have this like prideful thing that they might be a little better than everybody else or something, which is not the case. And so he's, he's, he's making that emphasis. He's like pulling back and saying, well, okay, these are both 
valid and important gifts of the church. When you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. But when you prophesy, you edify the church. You bring something that is strengthening and encouraging and comforting uh, the, whole, the whole church. And uh, it's making it clear that our motivation for speaking truth should be grounded in love. Without love, it's nothing. Now let's just uh, uh, look back for a uh, look, look at one, one specific verse within that. And it's 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. It says this, The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So that kind of defines what this gift is, doesn't it? When you prophesy, you're speaking to someone for their strengthening, for their encouragement, and comfort. Maybe you're like, oh, I can do that, right? Like, all of a sudden... What we're talking about here, it's, got, it's kind of got some, some legs on it, and I can put it into operation, because I, can, I know I can bring from who God has made me to be, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in my life, I can bring strength, encouragement, and comfort to those around me. And I think prophecy should be like this. Imagine you're, it's like one of those you know, hot summer's day, it's 90 degrees, you're out there doing yard work, maybe you have to do what I do, you know, yesterday and move a bunch of logs from one place to another. You know, it wasn't, that, wasn't hot, so it was, it was great. But imagine it's a, a hot day, you're doing some outdoor work for endless hours. Somebody who cares for you just brings you a tall glass of water on a hot summer's day. That's what the prophetic ministry should be like in our lives, except it's coming from God. It's like the, the kind of the water of the Holy Spirit that's coming to, 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 uh, uh, to nourish us, bring strength to us. So when we're, when we're considering bringing prophetic encouragement to someone around us, we need to put it through this grid. This grid of, uh, here we go, is it strengthening? Like, does it bring strength to someone? Is it encouraging? Is it finally comforting? Does it fulfill that, uh, that grid that the Apostle Paul uh, lists out there that anyone who speaks with a prophetic word, is the, the, the grid through which it should be channeled is, is it uh, strengthening, encouragement, encouraging, and comforting. Now, if, it, if it, it creates an X and doesn't pass the test on one of those, then that's something that I believe should be spoken directly to God and not to people around us. On the other hand, if it does fulfill the, 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 uh, those three in that group, then maybe God is going to use you to speak that word out to the person around you. And so we might ask this question, and this is, this is a little bit of a practical part today. I want, to, I want this to, to be practical, a few kind of like simple how-tos in the process as we, as we, uh, as we like I said, dip our toe into the water of, of what God might be asking you to do to stretch the, 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 the plausibility box around within which God wants to work in your life. So, I think there's some practicals here. The first is this. We ask the Father. You know, uh, Jesus said, he said, I will ask the Father and he will send the Holy Spirit who will, who will be a guide to comfort you forever. And so, if Jesus is going to ask the Father, I think it's only right that we're the kind of people that ask God, God, will you make me a prophetic person who can bring encouragement, strength, and comfort 
uh, to the people that you put in my life, those who are within my circle of influence, that you might want to use me to speak to. So we ask the Father for words, for prophetic words. The second thing is this, and there's going to be five of these, and so if you're a person that likes to take notes, that's why we gave you kind of pens to write things down with if it's helpful to you. But the first one is to ask the Father. The second one is to listen actively. One of the reasons why we don't experience uh, the fullness of spiritual life is because we don't, we don't give time to, to, to listening to God. We don't give time in our lives, in our schedule, where we slow down, and we, we stop, and we allow God in to, to, to speak to us, to, to do his work in our lives. And I think if, if, if we're going to uh, exercise these spiritual gifts, we have to be ready to listen actively, to spend time away from distractions like you know a phone brings to us, those kind of distractions. Uh, to spend time away from noise. To you know, for me, it's the best place is in the basement of our house because if I spend a few moments anywhere else in the house, there's so many things that are there to distract me. In the basement, all there is is like piles of laundry, and I rarely get distracted by piles of laundry. Like, you can just be there, do your thing. I'll be over here listening to Jesus, right? So like, find somewhere where uh, where because of your environment, you won't be distracted. Listen actively. The next one, the third one, is to filter in love. Remember, is, is the thought that, that God is giving you as you're listening to him, uh, listening actively to him, is it does, it, does it work through that filter? Is it strengthening, encouraging? Is it comforting? And within, within that, if it does fulfill those filters, it could be that there's, there's a call on your life for you to text somebody with, this, with the prophetic encouragement that you're to bring, or to call them, or next time when you meet them for a cup of coffee, say, hey, I was praying the other day, and God brought you to my mind, and I think he might be wanting to say this to you. And you always, uh, the fourth thing is, is uh, that I think we need to remember is that we, uh, is that we share it in faith. Um, that we, we share it in faith and we're ready to, to bring that to somebody. We're not, we're not bringing it to somebody in a, uh, in a harsh way, in an unloving way. You're not bringing something to someone that you just wanted to get off your chest and you're kind of like filtering it as if it was God speaking when it's really you. I had the experience a little while ago, just, just within the last few weeks, where somebody shared something specific that, that was going on with them and and I felt right then, I think God wants to speak in this situation. But at that particular moment, we didn't have time to, to talk, to pray, or anything like that. And so ever since then, it's been on my mind that I think God wants me to speak, not just giving like normal, we're going to hold that for the end, buddy, next, but not just, bring, by, not just by bringing uh, normal words of encouragement to somebody, or just saying, oh, I think you do a great job patting them on the back. But bringing something that we believe might be God speaking, it might be God's encouraging words uh, in that. And so I feel like in this situation that I was in a couple of weeks ago, I have to personally go back to the Lord and say, what is it, Lord, that you want me to say? How is it that you want me to speak? All right, so we'll go on to this last one. And as we share it in faith, that's kind of like the hardest part of all. That's the, that's the part where you step out in faith 
and you're really actually you're, you're, you're taking that bold step to share something with somebody that they might need to hear. Okay, the last one. The last one on this list is to release it in humility. I think the one way that we do this is to frame what God might be saying humbly. And to say, this may or may not resonate with you, but I just felt like God might be speaking. And so I thought I'd just share it with you. It's to, to frame it humbly, to release it in humility. Not say, God said this, or, or something like that. But to actually say, well, maybe God's speaking in this way. And if he isn't, you just allow that person to just uh, release it and not, uh, you know, not respond to it in any way. But if, if God is speaking, to encourage them, that will lead into it. Just think about it, maybe journal about it, write it down, and see if God might be speaking to you. Because I think all of us, right, we want to experience God's voice in our lives, don't we? We want to experience God's active work and involvement in our lives daily.